Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this interview, I talked to my friend Shauna Newman. She blogs over at skipblast.com, and we talk about Haro link building. It's pretty cool because Shauna is one of the people that got me looking into Haro. She's been doing it for a while, has a kind of a long history using Haro, but the cool thing is she has a service now. So you can actually sign up and check out her service if you want to. We talk about it a little bit, but I do want to mention that I'm offering a bonus. So if you do sign up with Shauna's service, you can get a 15-minute call with me just to talk about whatever you want. Probably it makes sense to talk to me about your website because I can probably help you in those areas. But if you want to talk about something else like beer, I'd talk about that. It's your 15 minutes after all. So if you do sign up, just let me know and we can get that scheduled. The great thing is this interview has a lot of valuable information. So Shun talks about how she got started with Haro, some of the issues that she had early on, common mistakes that people make and things that you can do to just get links on your own for free. And she even encourages you to just try it out. You can get really good links using the the free service from Haro. You don't even have to pay for it. So a lot of great tips in here. I answer a few questions, of course, as we do occasionally. So I've got a couple questions that I'll answer towards the end. Before we get to the interview, I need to thank the sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Ezoic. Ezoic is a Google certified partner and they've recently rolled out their new site speed accelerator. Basically, it speeds up your your site. It makes it load faster and you really see a huge improvement most of the time with the Google PageSpeed Insight score. Now, if you already have a high Page Insight score then it's not going to go up as much, but I had experience with uh, one of my sites. Basically, it went from the high 20s, low 30s to the high 90s just by implementing the Site Speed Accelerator. Now, a few people have asked me about using Ezoic and basically using their DNS. The best way you can use the Site Speed Accelerator and Ezoic in general is to use their DNS. And the reason why is you're able to use their caching and their CDN. That's a content delivery network. Basically, those are services. Those are things you would typically have to pay for separately, but it's included with the SiteSpeed Accelerator. There's a free seven-day trial, so I encourage you to check it out. And again, people are concerned about using the DNS of some other third party, but basically, if you use a CDN that is what you do. That That's like the thing that happens. If you use a CDN, you have to use another DNS and things are loading sort of outside of your normal registrar and your hosting account, but it helps your site load faster. So it's sort of implicit and I do it myself. So I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you're using a CDN, then you're using other uh, servers to load your site anyway. This is a site speed accelerator, so you need to use caching in the CDN. Thus, you have a much faster loading site. So there's no harm in checking out the free seven-day trial. And thanks again to Ezoic. Hey, Shauna, how's it going today? Good, how about you? Doing well, and I'm excited to talk to you about Haro link building and in our 
previous interview from like last year, you were telling me how much success you were having with Haro. And then eventually I came out with a Haro course, which people really uh, wanted to buy, which I was excited about. <laughs> and I can thank you for, you know, nudging me in the direction. I later talked to you and found out that you were offering a service because you kind of had capacity within your team, which is very cool. So we're going to go through your kind of process and how you work with your team to get those links. And we actually tested out the service on one of my sites and I was kind of blown away with the links you were able to get. So yeah, let's, let's dig into it. And before we get started for the people that don't know you, who are you and what do you do? Uh, yeah, I'm Shauna. I blog over at Skip Blast, and I've been building sites since, God, like 10 plus years now. So I test a lot of things, and Harrow has been something I've been doing for a few years now. How did you first hear about, do you say Harrow or Harrow? I say Harrow, but I have no idea how it's supposed to be said. <laughs> okay, I'll say Harrow is tomato, tomato kind of thing. <laughs> exactly, here. yeah. So, yeah, when did you first hear about Harrow and... When did you get started? Was it kind of rocky when you first tested it? I would say it's been five or six years since I first heard about it. I honestly don't even remember where I heard about it. And I started it using it, I think, in late 2015, just for one site. And I've just kind of did it here and there. I wasn't really serious about it until I landed a big link in 2016. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting links nobody else is getting. So that's kind of my history with it. And what was that, or what was the biggest link that you've been able to get so far, either for yourself or clients? Um, I mean, we've gotten a lot of big links. We've just recently got AppSumo for a client. We've gotten Business.com, Business Insider, uh, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, all kinds of sites. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. And uh, recently we were talking about how important it is to have like niche-relevant links. Mm -hmm. For a lot of Haro links, it is the more general kind of new right. sites and, and bigger ones. So is the niche relevancy uh, as important or are these links helpful? Niche relevancy is a nice bonus when you can get it with Harrow, but you can't really go into Harrow expecting to get niche relevancy. Okay. But these do help boost the oh, domain authority sure. and domain yeah. rating. And from an overall right. perspective, it does add a ton of authority. So Yeah, yeah. Right. And it really well, boosts your HRFs DR quite a bit too. That was something that, that we noticed because there was a link that you landed for my site and basically mm -hmm. it went from, you know, single digit domain rating to high 40s. Uh, it could be close to 50 now at this point. So, yeah, I, one of my sites actually was brand new and got in that same roundup and we had the same experience with it. It went to 45. It's it makes you crazy. wonder the metrics behind those. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. So let's get into the nuts and bolts and what what's sort of the process that you do when you're maybe bringing on a new client and trying to figure out what to do first, what kind of pitches you should reply to, and some of those details when you're setting up. Uh, well, we've been doing this for so long that we know that for pretty much any site that we can land kind of generic business and SEO type queries. Um, earlier, I guess it was last year now, there were a lot of work at home queries that pretty much anyone could answer. 
So we know that whenever we take on anyone that we can probably guarantee them at least five links, which is why we actually make that promise to people because we know that we are going to have an easy time getting those. Uh, what's harder are the people who come to us and they're like, well, I only want things in my niche. And we're like, do you have a year? Because we might be able to do it in a year, but probably not. And, so. and why is that? Why is it so hard to get something niche relevant? There just actually aren't a lot of opportunities in, in those narrowed down niches. And I would say in the last six months, we've actually noticed um, some kind of new struggles that we're having. Um, we have a lot of queries where they only want specific um, nationalities. You know, we'll see things where like we only want BIPOC people to reply. We only want people from the LGBTQ plus community to reply. And, and we don't make up credentials or things like that. Um, so we just tell clients, you know, we can't answer these. Uh, right now we have a fitness client. And I'd say for the past month and a half, every fitness query we could actually answer based on our client's qualifications. They only wanted BIPOC people to reply. And he's a white dude. So we just, we just couldn't reply to any of those. Okay. Uh, we're also noticing that as more and more people are actually, more and more SEOs are actually using Harrow, which maybe is because of your course, we have journalists who were saying, don't respond to this if you respond to every query as an expert. <laughs> so it's kind of starting to be a problem. Yeah, I think, well, ho hopefully it won't cause problems for either of us here, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know how marketers are and they just lose exactly, everything yeah. and then we come out with a course so everyone else can do it <laughs> yeah. and then it stops working. Yeah. So maybe that's the life cycle here. But the, the, the fact is, uh, back to the original point here, let's say it's something ultra specific and mm -hmm. I'm never original, so I'm just looking at a camera over here. So if someone says, I want to be in a camera or video related outlet, you may not see any news outlet in the DSLR or right. uh, camera or video space for months. But mm -hmm. what we do see all the time is general business, general marketing, and nearly anyone with a website can say, yeah, I know about SEO in some capacity or keyword right. research and reply back. They would right. buy that. Okay. Yeah. And is that generally why you're able to get sort of general business uh, outlets to provide a link to almost any kind of site. Right, right, yeah. And like they want people who run a business and a website is a business for most people. So that kind of qualifies with most clients. What are some common mistakes that people make, which since you've been doing this for a while, you've moved past it, but... <laughs> Since you're in the industry and there's a lot of people that you talk to, do you see common mistakes that people make when they actually reply back to these? Yes. And I actually use Harrow to do roundups for some of my own sites. So I see people who send in replies a lot as well. Um, and I think the number one problem is not actually answering the query. You know, people who want to give you some wild story or something unrelated. Um, and actually last month I got people who pitched me products hey, do you want to review this on your site? And I was like, that's not how Harrow works. Huh. So, yeah, it's really bizarre. Very odd. So yeah. I, I guess the only thing I could think of is a company hired a marketing company who's incompetent. And then just, <laughs> yeah. that's odd. Okay, yeah. so 
any, any other mistakes that you've uh, seen as you know you put in the request yourself for your sites? No, just basically not following directions is the big one. Okay. And just curious, when you put out one of those requests, how many re- replies do you get back? It really depends on which niche Harrow ends up dropping it on the email when it comes out. Um, I sent out a series of queries and I only changed the location for the article because it's going to be the same thing per location. And for one of them, I got two replies, which was really bizarre, but they put it in like a really obscure category and the rest I'm getting like 60 to 100. So Okay. And I tested out the same thing and yeah, I see 60 to 100, sometimes over yeah. 100. How do you manage all the replies that you get back? Um, I just kind of let them build up until the deadline and then I go through them all at once. Okay. No, no master filtering uh, kind of mechanism. You just go through and you get to yeah. it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. All right. And back to just, I guess, r- running the service. So it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to onboard folks. Usually you can mm-hmm. get about five links. Uh, how long does it take to start seeing some of these links come through? The shortest amount of time I've seen is two days, and the longest has been about five months. Okay, five months. Was the link worth it when it was five months? It was, but because it was also niche relevant, but it was it was a long time. Probably forgot about it. Did you? Did they even notify you? Or no, no, I saw it in Ahrefs. Okay, because it it happened to actually be for one of my sites. So oh, that's good. That's good. (laughs) In is it typical for the reporter to always get back to you with a link or is it a lot of times they forget? No, I would say only about 10% of the time do I hear back from them. And usually when you do about 80% of that time, it's because they want you to link back to them. I actually had someone who had done that, who had replied back and said, link to me during my international move. So it took me like two weeks to respond. And by that point, he just re- totally removed my entire input. It was crazy. How about that? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So most of the time you won't hear that it went live. So you do have to monitor it to even know. Wow. I I had no clue that the numbers were that uh, skewed. I think for your site, we only heard back from one of the links we got. We track it in the spreadsheet so you can double check it for reference. Okay. And about how many replies do you send per successful link? It really varies based on the niche that the client is in. I think we average around 30%, uh, depending on the niche. Um, This fitness client we had, the first few months, we were averaging around 30. But for the past month and a half, where the qualifications have gotten stricter, we're probably about 15% right now. Okay. And how do you... Do you have like a, a database of replies? Like how, how do you actually create the reply? And you have VAs helping out, right? So how do you manage that, especially given the fact that you're working with multiple clients and that makes it more complicated? Um, I actually only have one dude helping me out. Um, he's doing all the heavy lifting right now because <laughs> that's what he's getting paid for. Um, but he researches everything as it comes in. Um I'm lucky that he's pretty knowledgeable because he did some web design stuff. And so he knows SEO too. So he can respond to a lot of this without having to take the time to actually research it. Um, So he's pretty quick, but he's creating each response unique. Did you work with him before 
you had him do the Haro stuff or did you just hire him for this? I just hired him for this. Yeah. Okay. And, and then I you share... kind of trained him in the process. Okay. So he was not skilled, little web design. Right. Right. And you don't have to, but can you share uh, where he's located and how much you pay? Uh, and you don't um, he's, he's actually living in the Netherlands. I met him in an expat group when I was still living there. Um, and I'm paying $15 an hour. Okay. So very reasonable. And yeah. uh, wow. And how many hours per week is he working for you? It varies, um, but 20 to 30 on average. Okay. And then do you pay him any kind of bonus for landing links or is it a straight up hourly rate? Just hourly. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I guess the good part for him is it's, it's very, uh, it's pretty flexible. He does have to monitor the emails and that sort of mm -hmm. thing, but he can generally work whenever he wants. So that's why. Right. Okay. Yep. With Haro, you can pay for different levels or just get the free email. So does he get access to the higher levels of, okay. No, I would just do the free emails. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're still running the service and you're, you're not getting the advanced, um, like basically if you, if you pay, you can get those, uh, emails and requests right. immediately. So you're still doing right. this with a free version. Yeah. I mean, and we got a 30% rate, so I don't really see the benefit in paying, especially when we, answer unlimited queries. <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. I, I know just having, having the leg up of like answering quickly is very helpful, mm -hmm. but I can tell you that, yeah, people don't follow directions. So if you just follow yeah. the directions, you, you're usually doing pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah. With multiple clients, is it hard for him to reply back um, quickly or what, what's sort of the turnaround after those emails come out three times a day? He's really, really fast. Um, I, so he, he gets on it pretty quick. Um, I don't think he's ever like missed a deadline or anything like that. So, Okay. A any other tips about replying back or if someone's going to hire a VA to help out things that you found helpful as you were training him? Um, one thing I've noticed probably in the past year or so that has changed is you used to be able to write shorter answers and score the link. But since we have more SEOs writing more prolifically in their responses, uh, we're noticing that if someone asks for, you know, give me one tip, that if we give them two tips, we are more likely to get the link than if we just give them one. So it's kind of like going a little above what they're asking. Gotcha. And do you have a sort of a standard length uh, other than follow the directions, right? F if someone asks for three bullet points, just give them three bullet points. But do you yeah. have like a length that seems to work really well as the sweet spot? Not really. Um, when I trained him, I was just like, follow the directions, answer the question, give a little detail, but don't write a novel because nobody has time for that. So, I mean, I wasn't really giving him any strict kind of training. And I just showed him some of my answers, you know, kind of as a starting point so that he would know kind of what the format was. Okay. And do you put like a little bio in there? How do you tell them where to link or any other of the details about the site? Right. Yeah. So at the end of every email, when we respond, we put our name and um, company and work title. 
which we kind of switch that up a little bit. So sometimes when um, Alex answers, he's a marketing lead. Sometimes he's an SEO lead because he just kind of tailors it to match whatever works without, you know, being a complete liar. Um, and then under that, he puts a bio and a link to his headshot. Okay. And then, of course, if we, if we're answering in the client's name, then it'll be their information. Gotcha. And have you run into any issues answering on behalf of a client? Um, not so far. We have had some instances where we needed a more direct quote uh, from who we who our client was, and so we have to email them and hope that they get back to us in time. Um, so far, though, that's worked out okay. Um, the AppSumo link that we actually scored last week, we had to go to the client for their quotes. Got it. And okay, that, that totally makes sense. Any other tips on replying back to help it get landed? Not really. I mean, I, I also told him just to always be polite and make sure he greets them in the email. I don't know if that matters, but I know that when I get emails from people, I'm like, why are they so rude? So, you know. <laughs> Okay. So, so normal, normal etiquette, be nice. Yeah. Okay. And we also always say we're happy to answer any follow-ups. I don't know if that, you know, has any effect or not, but it shows that we're willing to continue the conversation. Do you have a phone number listed in there? I've heard a couple of people say, Hey, put a phone number and say, Hey, sure. Call, call me. If you yeah. Want we, to. I, my phone number is actually on the profile of each account that we create for our clients, but we've never actually had to do any phone calls. Okay. How long does it take for a new client to get started with you? Uh, usually just 24 hours. Uh, we have a Google form that people complete once they pay, which should give us everything we need. Uh, then we set up a tracking sheet just in Google Sheets so that people can follow along if they want to check in on us. Um, we create a dedicated email address for them. We've had a few clients who were like, well, I want to keep track of the work that you do. And so we're like, okay, fine. Just here's the login. So we, we set that up too. Okay. Wow, pretty pretty white glove. And before we move into the the second part, which is just me curious about a couple of things, okay. is there anything else with Haro that would be helpful for people that want to give it a shot on their own? Um, just follow the directions. I mean, I think that's the most important thing. Like I said, I mean, it's it's tedious if you're going to do it yourself. Um, that's but and honestly. I don't know why people pay me and Alex, you know, to, to do this for them because you can do it yourself, but it is tedious. So, but yeah, I mean, if you're on a tight budget, just, just try it. It'll take you a little while before you see ROI, but you can definitely do it on your own for free. Awesome. Moving into the sort of second part, the meta part portion of the interview mm -hmm. here. So I tried to do a service back in the day and I was like, I don't want to work with clients. So I was curious, Shauna, why, why run a service? Like why do this? Initially, when I started this more than a year ago, I was like, I don't really like doing these Harrow emails myself. And it would be cool if I could get paid to do them for someone else at the same time. So that was my, my, uh, I guess we'll say less than stellar motivation for starting it. Um, but then as word got out, I was like, I don't want to do this for people actually by myself. So that's when I hired Alex to just take over everything for me. Okay. So, and you were doing this yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's that, that didn't last easier. long. Yeah. Okay. And then you, you found Alex and yeah. trained him. It was fairly straightforward. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And after I did my course, I mm -hmm. I did a video and I said, 
people are going to be offering this as, as a service. And then you said you, you already were, and we should, we should chat about it. So I think, I mean, in my course, I say you can hire someone to do it. And I, and I did advise people to essentially do what you did, figure out yeah. how the formula that works and, and the format and essentially create all this uh, database of material so that a VA who is unskilled, maybe doesn't even know about this specific topic, can answer back. Mm-hmm. And it's fairly straightforward. You can hire people that don't know what HARO is, marketing, and just generally can, um, I guess, send emails. That's all they need yeah. to do is send emails. Yeah. Okay. And any issues with running the service? Um, any things you've had to change over, over time since you've been running it a little while? Yeah, when we started out, we were at a different price point um, and just a flat fee just for a one month of service for $6.99. But that didn't really work for most people. And then I noticed all of the other people who started popping up providing the same service and they were all charging by the link. And I was like, oh, well, this is clearly going to be the standard. So I'll just change my offering to charge by the link. And so we did that for a couple months and it just didn't sit right with me. I mean, you're charging people three and $400 for a link that they could honestly get for free on their own. So we just recently changed our offering again and we're just offering this flat three months at this flat cost, however many links we can get you. We may get you, you know, seven, we may get you 12, who knows? And I just, I don't know, as somebody who pays for links all the time, I just feel like it's a better thing where you're paying more for labor instead of actually buy the link. So. Got it. Do you feel pretty good about that price point and what you're offering? Are you still sort of testing out the market and what you can deliver and a few other details of running the service? Just, I mean, obviously things are fluid, so I'm just right. Yeah, is this a pretty good spot? Do you, do you think? Yeah, I think this is perfect because it allows me the ability to hire on more people and keep the price the same without, you know, losing a ton of money. <laughs> because, you know, I don't want to be taking on a bunch of clients and then not being able to deliver. Right. Because like I said, as somebody who pays for links, I, I want to give people a service that I would pay for myself. Yep. It, it's so it's so interesting, the link building and SEO industry, because mm-hmm. some of the links that you landed for me, they cost six, $800. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you got me a lot of other links too. And it's the, the mm-hmm. flat fee that you're talking about for pretty solid deliverables. So yeah, it's a, it's an insane industry. Well, and what's crazy is when we took on your site as a test, we were still in that model where we charged per the link. So we only targeted answering queries that were DA 30 and above. So we could have conceivably gotten you more links if we'd been on the current pricing plan. Right. Yeah. Well, I think people should get started with Haro. Like you said, it's it's free to sign yeah. up for and try to start answering. And it, it can be overwhelming because what, what happens when you sign up is you start getting a bunch of emails. And if you get a little behind, you can yeah. kind of get overwhelmed <laughs> quick. Yeah, yeah. So, and then sometimes right, me, there's like 150 queries per email. So it really adds up. Yeah. It, uh, it's a cool service. It's an interesting thing that they put together mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Um, the number of people that are, I, I don't know how big their email lists are, but a lot of people get these emails. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thanks, Shauna. We'll definitely put links so people can uh, check out Skip Blast in your service if they're interested. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Thanks again to Shauna and be sure to check out her service and actually her blog over at Skip Blast. She covers a lot of very interesting information just in general. We talk about a lot of the same things and she has a case study going on over there where she's built on uh, expired domains or age domains is probably the more appropriate term. And Actually, I have an interview coming up with her pretty soon, so keep an eye out for that one where we talk about this case study that she's doing with age domains. And actually, it's a site that has primarily informational content. I think it's like pretty much all informational content and it's monetized with display ads. So pretty cool stuff. And don't forget, if you do sign up for her service for her link building, you do get a bonus from me, a 15-minute chat, which we could schedule at your leisure. And well, I I should put some constraints. I mean, We need to talk in the few weeks after you actually sign up. I don't want to have you schedule something in like two years from now. You know, I want to talk to you sooner than that. Hopefully help you. So keep an eye out for that. Now we'll answer a couple listener questions. And this segment is sponsored by Niche Website Builders. You can get more content. So they have a content service over there. You can get 10% more content. And if you sign up for any of their link building services, you can save 10%. You do need my coupon code. There's a link in the description and show notes so you can check that out. Here's the question for today. This one is from Chris. From your experience in blogging, if one had 60 articles in hand to post, what's ideal for SEO? Two a day for a month or do you just post them all within a few days? So fairly straightforward question and I could I'll add a little a little flavor a little extra notes on this one so basically there was a point in time where the advice you would get would be post one per day and string it out you want to show Google that you post things regularly well it turns out Google doesn't care about that anymore as far as I can tell and I would just post all of these at once. If you could do it all in a day, do it all in a day. Basically, I haven't tested this specifically because I'm kind of in a position where I just want to publish things and not schedule them out. But as far as I could tell, Google doesn't care. And if you publish an article, it has a better chance to get indexed sooner And I sort of envision a, like a mini little sandbox for every single URL. And as your site gets more established, maybe it doesn't matter at all. And you you don't really have much of a sandbox because you have so many backlinks and you have so much content and you're ranking well. And if you publish something, it'll just rank pretty quickly. But if you're, if your site's sort of newer you are better off publishing the content so it's indexed so it can get more impressions. It can get some metrics uh, from search sooner and you'll be in better shape in the long run. Essentially, 
you want to get your content indexed as soon as possible. And the sooner you publish it, the sooner it can get indexed. Now, it could be debatable depending on the niche. For example, if you had a niche where people actually went to your site to check on new content that you published, maybe it's more of a news site or something like that, and people actually show up for your new content that you're publishing every day. In that case, maybe publishing daily makes sense because people are actually following your blog and you're not counting on getting traffic through Google search. Most of the time though, just publish all that content right away. You'll be better off in the long run. Chris's question got me thinking about the YouTube side, which I spent a lot of time on YouTube and publishing over there and watching videos as well. And publishing on a regular basis on YouTube could be a little more helpful because your audience knows when you're going to be publishing and they'll show up and expect to see content every Monday or every Thursday or something like that. Same deal with a podcast. I mean, we publish on Mondays and Thursdays for the Doug show here. People just, they expect it, right? They expect it and they want to hear the shows on those days, which is great. Now, going a little deeper on the YouTube side, I have been in a position where I had several videos that I could publish all at once. And there are sort of two things happening. Number one, there's a certain set of subscribers or people who watch content for my channel that get a notification. Maybe it's via email, maybe it's within the app. And sometimes Google, I guess YouTube is the right term. Sometimes YouTube doesn't send those out or maybe they're a little late, but some people do get those notifications and that drives the number of views up early on when a piece of content, a video is published on YouTube. That said, if there is a strong keyword attached to the title or the topic of the video, there's a good chance it will rank in search, maybe on Google, but more likely just on YouTube. And that can bring in more traffic from organic YouTube search, which is the ideal situation. It helps people become aware of your brand, of your channel, and hopefully your video is providing them some helpful information and they'll want to watch more videos by you. They might even subscribe to your channel, click the like, and maybe leave a comment and connect with your brand. So that's a good thing. So all that to say, it might make sense to publish on a regular basis on YouTube, but the ideal situation is publishing and getting more views over time through the organic search. So there's kind of two things happening, and I'm not sure if I made a point that is helpful for everyone, but publishing on a regular basis, a regular interval on YouTube can be helpful. However, if you can get that search traffic to come in over the long term, that's even better. So maybe you'll deliver a video, your normal subscribers, your normal viewers will enjoy it. They'll like 
the regular schedule, but you'll continue to get more traffic over time and more views over time. By the way, that's fairly difficult to do, even for kind of obscure terms. There's a lot of videos on YouTube and there's new people all the time. The algorithm's a little bit different over there. It's very different than your normal blog, Google search algorithm. There's a lot of relatable and transferable ideas from a keyword research standpoint, but it's kind of crazy. I mean, you can publish a video on YouTube that's targeting a fairly competitive keyword and you might be able to rank as a new creator, a new channel, you might be able to compete with some big channels out there. Now, time will tell if you get good viewer metrics and can rank well over time, but you may be able to, you know, have a video kind of pop, even if you don't have many other videos on your channel and you're just kind of new in a fairly competitive industry. So kind of interesting and YouTube's its own crazy beast over there. And it's pretty fun. I I do enjoy creating videos over there. Thanks to Niche Website Builders, and I appreciate them sponsoring this segment, and give them a shout. If you haven't checked out their offerings, I think by the time you listen to this, they have opened up their Shotgun Skyscraper service again and have several other link building services that they offer. And you can save by using my coupon code. They do great work over there. They're not just uh, an agency. They actually have their own sites and They are super effective at what they do. Highly encourage you to check it out. With that, I think we're going to finish up the episode. Thanks to Shauna, and we'll catch you on the next episode.